Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Plenty of time in this hour for your phone calls. About a half hour from now, we'll take your hot takes and we'll get plenty of them in today. Coming off a very interesting Sunday in the National Football League. But we'll begin in here with five things to know about week two. Have put together some stats for us. And normally, I would deliver these, but I apologize in advance. The throat is not good today. I've been a little under the weather. Um, so Hembo is going to deliver them for you here. So a big moment for Hembo. So Bubba, give me a little music. And here we go. Here are five things you need to know about week two as compiled and now as narrated by one Mr. Hembo. Number one. Lamar Jackson led a fourth-quarter comeback to beat the Chiefs, handing Patrick Mahomes his first career September loss. Greeny, he had been 11-0 previously. Lamar Jackson threw for a touchdown and ran for two more, finishing with his fifth career game with 200 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. That's two more than any other player in NFL history. What that tells us is that Lamar Jackson continues to be the most unique and dynamic weapon the game has ever seen. Has ever seen. Again, he's only in his fourth year, and he's already got more than double the number of those games. Again, 200 yards passing and 100 rushing. He's got more than doubled any other player in NFL history. So think about the greatest (coughs) running quarterbacks ever. Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, Steve Young, Fran Tarkenton, any name you want to put in there. Quarterbacks who were known for running. He's lapping the field. So he is a unique, dynamic weapon. And I'll say it again, with all that they're missing, if they make the playoffs this year, at least the way this thing has started, I think Lamar Jackson should be the MVP. Number two. Hembo. In week two of last season, there were a bevy of injuries that would have lasting impacts on it. It was a similar story in week two of this season, Greeny, with Carson Wentz, Uh. Tua Tungavailoa, Andy Dalton, Tyrod Taylor, TJ Watt, Bradley Chubb, and Jarvis Landry, among many others, all exiting early with injuries. So I was just listening to Christine Lisi. I'm waiting uh, to hear if we get updates on some of these guys. The Tua thing is ribs, and that's mostly a pain thing. Like, I've never had bruised or damaged ribs of any kind, and I'm extremely grateful for that because every football player you talk to will tell you that hurts more than anything. Mm. Like, breathing hurts. Sneezing is, like, the worst experience you could possibly have. So that's a bad one. Wentz? You know, Dan Orlovsky said he was disappointed that Wentz didn't sort of gut it out for his team. And who am I to argue? But here's the one thing I will say. That injury looked bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't believe Wentz's ankle didn't snap. So I think that they're probably fortunate if it isn't the kind of thing that costs you a really long time. What was your sense of that injury? My sense when I watched it was the same sense that you had. That's going to that's gonna take a couple weeks, at least. Because the way that Aaron Donald sort of contorted Wentz's body was really, really ugly. Diagnosis, though, was merely a sprain. And you know, Wentz stayed on the sideline the rest of the game with the headset on. Right. So maybe, you know, if you're a Colts fan, that was better news than you might have otherwise expected when you watched the play live. I think that's right. But a sprain can mean a lot of things. These high right. ankle sprains can be really damaging. And he's already dealing with the foot on the other side. So th- there's a lot of things that are piling up for him, and it's only week two. That's a bad injury. So you have Wentz, you have Tua. Dalton, we said it earlier, I never want to see anybody injured, but it's a blessing in disguise. This gives them the opportunity to do what they should have done all along, and that is play Justin Fields. Again, the five things you need to know coming out of week two. Number three. Go ahead, Hembo. The Buccaneers became the first team in NFL history 
to score at least 30 points and win in nine straight games across the regular season and playoffs. That broke a tie with the Patriots in a stretch from 2010 and 2011 and the 2007 Patriots, both of which were, of course, quarterbacked by Tom Brady. Brady's nine touchdown passes through two games this season are a career best and tied for second most in NFL history. What Brady is doing is ridiculous. Like, he's rewriting everything. I mean, he's now doing stuff that only he has ever done before. But he's doing it at the age of 44. What he's doing is actually impossible. He has now won more games. By winning yesterday, he has won more games than any player his age ever at the quarterback position. Vinny Testaverde had been the only quarterback at the age of 44 ever to start and win a single game. Brady might go 17-0. and 0. Brady is ridiculous. I, I, there are no adjectives. There are no superlatives. Nothing appropriately sums up what Tom Brady is accomplishing because you've never seen it before, and I think it is extremely unlikely that you will ever see it again. Number four. All right, let's talk about the Raiders. The Raiders beat the Steelers to reach 2-0 and the second time in the Super Bowl era that the team started 2-0 with both of those wins as an underdog. They also did so in 1982. Their quarterback, Derek Carr, he threw for 382 yards and two touchdowns and has the most passing yards in any two-game span in the history of the Raiders. Now, so if you think about that, think about the history of the Raiders. If you're a very young fan, you may not realize there was a time when the Raiders were one of the great franchises in the sport and were for a long time. So just go back to Rich Gannon won an MVP there. Ken Stabler played his way into the Hall of Fame there. Darrell LaMonica was the mad bomber and threw the ball all over the place for the Raiders once upon a time. So Derek Carr, like that's one of the things that came out of yesterday is we have to start acknowledging that Derek Carr is a great quarterback. <clears throat> like no one mentions him. When we talk about the great quarterbacks in the NFL, the best quarterbacks in the NFL, how old is Derek Carr? Look that up for me. Is Derek Carr, I'm trying to think what year he came in the league, is he 28? He's 30. He's 30. He's 30. Okay, yeah, it's a little older He had a long college career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's 30 years old. Um, but there is, when you look at this, he has been 85% of their offense this year, just, just through the year. 85% of their offense. They're 2-0. They've beaten two defenses that we know are good, and they did it this week on a short week on the East Coast. It's really hard to overstate how good he has been. Yeah, and, and, and you know, all of the John Gruden bashing, which people have done, it doesn't go away yet. I mean, it's two weeks into the season, and the goal for the Raiders and every team was not to be 2-0. and But I think that's the most impressive 2-0 and we've got, mm-hmm. right? Are they the most impressive 2-0, and all things considered, in the league right now? I think they have the two, amongst the 2-0 and teams, the best quality of win, if you will. Especially right? the way you just described the Steelers. If you were to do this like we do in college, right? Like we you know, uh, judge these college teams, many of whom are undefeated late into the season, of course. I think this, would, this team would be number one in your BCS. You know, yeah, theoretical ranking because of who they beat and the circumstances by which they did so. I think that's exactly right. Number five. Right, one more. And, and this was... What an unbelievable game Tennessee-Seattle was. The Titans stormed from 14 points down in the fourth quarter to beat the Seahawks in Seattle. Greeny, entering Sunday, Seattle had been 65-1, 65-1, including the playoffs, in games with a 14-point 
fourth quarter lead at their home stadium, which opened in 2002. The previous loss was a 17-point comeback by the Rams in 2004, and that was, of course, long before Russell Wilson was their quarterback. And, and, and so there you have it. That, that's the, just the five things you need to know coming out of yesterday. And again, my apologies that I, I normally I would do those for you. Um, but it's a good job by Hembo there. That was well done, and I'm excited about it. Can I say one other thing about the football yesterday? You tell me, does anyone, did anyone else have the same reaction? If you were watching Red Zone, as I was, for that late afternoon window, and the games were fantastic, did anyone else love hearing Gus Johnson doing a game as much as I did? Am I the only one who felt that way? Bubba, did you? Well, you're probably just watching the Cowboy game, right, Bubba? Were you just glued to the Cowboys, or were you on Red Zone? No, well, I was actually here working, producing the Falcons-Bucks game. No big deal. Okay. So I didn't I didn't catch Gus, but I am a, a Gus fan, so I would have the same reaction had I heard it. Nuno, did you hear it? Gus Johnson and Aqib Tlaib is an excellent broadcast. No, I really enjoyed them. I did, and obviously – Growing up as a Knicks fan, and Gus used to do Knicks games, so there's that uh, love for him there. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's it's something different, and I do think to, uh, Keep to Leave is really great. Yes. Uh, th- that is a, did you hear it yesterday? Yes, that's a really good booth, a really, really good it's, booth. It's so different from most of what the NFL yeah. broadcasts mm-hmm. sound like, but it's so good. And it was a great game. I mean, they got an un- they had the Arizona Minnesota game, which was one of the wildest games of the entire day. So one way or another, I just say, Gus, if you're listening, you're the man. I I really enjoyed hearing you back on the NFL. Airlines, restaurants, and more have been ramping up their hiring. Who do they turn to? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds qualified candidates for your job, and you can easily invite your top choices to apply. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com/greeny. We got to get to my KO uh, KOD picks. We got to get to the two most impressive wins of the day coming up, and then we're going to get to your calls. I'll tell you when. Just a few minutes, we'll be taking your calls for the rest of the way. Your hot takes on yesterday's action in the NFL. All that after this word from TuneIn. As the NFL season gets underway, make sure you're ready for kickoff with TuneIn, the app that lets you listen to live games, in-depth analysis and tailored content for your team all season long. Plus, with ESPN Radio on TuneIn, you can listen to comprehensive football coverage from NFL Live, Fantasy Focus Football, and more, all to fuel your football fandom. Download the TuneIn app today to start listening everywhere you go. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. The NFL is on. Key, Jay, and now Max Kellerman. Here's a guy that you drafted in the first round that you think could potentially be the successor to Aaron Rodgers in the future, but could he at least be a damn backup? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. <clears throat> Bringing you, as always, the Straight Talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. I don't want to make excuses, but it was a weird weekend in the NFL. And so the we made six KOD picks last week. I made five the first week, and I was three and two. We made six yesterday, and I was two and four. So I had the Ravens plus the three and a half. That's a win. I had the Cowboys plus the three and a half. That was a win. That was the good news. Then came the bad news. 
I took the over on the Dallas game. That game went way under, right? That, that, the, the, the over-under was 50. It was 20 to 17. The yeah, final. so finished at 37. So that was way under. I had the Steelers minus the six against the Raiders. That didn't work. I had the Rams minus the three and a half. What, they wanted winning by three? Yeah. See, that's the Tough killer spot. right yeah, there. That three and a half, that distinction is so important in gambling. That, that's a killer right there. And then I had the Jets plus the six. <laughs> and, and, and in all honesty... I really did not think the Jets would play the game they played yesterday. Hmm. I did not think they would play directly into the hands of their arch rivals. But as Rex said to me on TV this morning, Zach Wilson was just asked to do too much. It just bothers me when everything is placed on him. You got coaches in here going to make this guy pretend that it's a, you know, he's a 10-year vet, then that's on you. Anytime you have a performance like this, by anybody, but you've got to start looking in the mirror first as a coach. What are you asking this guy to do? And then the other thing is, you know, yeah, the kid made some mistakes, clearly, but as a coach, you start with yourself first. 100% right. I, I, I put that day yesterday much more on the coaching than I do on the quarterback because, look, it's a terrible day. You throw four interceptions. You don't need me to tell you. That's obviously a terrible day, and some of the decisions were horrendous. But why couldn't everyone see where this was going? I mean, after the second one, and yeah, the second one was the one that went right through the hands of Corey Davis. But even so, at some point, the game is moving fast. We're running the ball effectively. Our defense is playing well. Let's not ask Zach Wilson to be Tom Brady. Let's not ask him to be Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, even though everyone says he has that arm talent. Let's not ask him to do that in his first ever home start in only the second NFL game he's ever attended, much less played in. I, I'm flabbergasted at the way that they are developing him. And, you know, he took a beating in that week one game against Carolina, and he seemed to come back, you know, and I'm happy with that. But let's see how he comes back from this. Well, let me ask you a question, because we spent much of this summer destroying Matt Nagy for his approach to the quarterback situation in Chicago. Whereas from day one, not only did the Jets say Zach Wilson is our QB1, but like you said earlier in the show, they've not so much as provided him even a veteran backup that he can learn from, let alone play instead of. In hindsight, after two games, would you say that decision was a mistake? Yeah, the second one was a huge mistake. I mean, they don't have a veteran in there to sort of teach him the ropes. You know, we thought Nick Foles or someone like that would be there to just sort of... The kid's just being thrown in there to sink or swim. He's 22 years old. He's from a tiny little town in Utah. Mm. He's played at BYU. Now, all of a sudden, you're throwing him in in New York, and you got all this going on? I don't know. Look, I don't want to overreact, but I am, of course, a professional overreactor. So I describe myself as extremely concerned with what I have seen as the approach with him. Greeting with you here on ESPN Radio Live, as always, from the Seaport District of Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Your call's coming up in just a couple of minutes. Let me throw a couple other quick things at you here. There's a couple of other interesting takes. The two most impressive wins of the day yesterday, one of them was the Raiders. We talked about that. The other is the Cowboys. To me, the Cowboys are opening my eyes. I am not a Cowboy hater. Everyone who watches Get Up thinks I am because I just sort of like to have my fun. Because every single year in the summer, all the Cowboy fans, and there are trillions of them, as you well know, always decide they're going to be great. The Cowboys are the best team in the NFL every July and August. But a funny thing has happened on the way to that this year. They've been pretty damn good through two weeks, too. 
pretty damn good. Dak Prescott was the best player in the NFL week one. And yesterday, in an impressive road win in Los Angeles, they ran it effectively despite the issues on the offensive line. They sort of had both Zeke and Tony Pollard doing their thing. Dak played well. Most importantly, that defense showed up. So let me give a minute minute here to my main man, Bubba. Most impressive win of the day. And maybe as impressive a two weeks, I know they're only one and one, but as impressive a two weeks as anybody has had so far this season for the Dallas Cowboys. What do you think? No, I think think I agree because I think the improvement we saw from week one to week two, um, especially, you know, with concerns with Zeke after week one, but they mixed in Pollard, which was great. The defense played a lot better. You know, Dak continues to be great. Um, you know, obviously, this, there's still some questions about what McCarthy is doing. He makes some questionable decisions here and there. But I think, you know, going into a big game at home week three, uh, Monday night next week, I think their first home game against Philly, I think they got, they're in a good position right now. You know, they played really well against Tampa, got the loss. But, you know, we all talked about maybe a moral victory. Played really well there. Went on the road. Underdogs beat the Chargers. Everyone thought they were going to lose to that one. Justin Herbert, very good. Won that game, losing five players, injury suspensions, all different things there. Going in at home against Philly with the chance to kind of take control of the NFC East here. I think they're in a good position right now. Yeah, and, and Micah Parsons, I'm going to give you a stat. This is sort of advanced stats. But he had seven pass rush wins. This is the stuff they keep track of these days. As an emergency outside linebacker, they just threw him at this position because, A, he can do anything, and, B, Demarcus Lawrence got hurt in practice. He actually had only one fewer pass rush win than anybody in the NFL yesterday. (laughs) Von Miller had eight. Micah Parsons and Chase Young had seven. So he's spectacular. They're good. I am I am moving towards changing my mind. I'm not giving up on Washington, but if you ask me right now, there isn't any question the Cowboys have been the best team in that division through the first two weeks. A lot can change, but they've been the best team in the division since the season began. <coughs> Nuno, uh, I turn I, I I look forward on Mondays to opening up the Google Doc <laughs> and just reading the takes from Nuno. So Nuno, I'm just going to give you a game. And you give me your take from yesterday. The Cowboys with an outstanding win yesterday in L.A. against a good Chargers team. What was your number one takeaway? Tony Pollard is the best Cowboys running back. Now, see, that isn't the first thing that you have on this sheet, though. Yes, well, that's no, a good yes, one. But, but I, I like your negativity. The Cowboys get the win, and your first thought was? Mike Mc- McCarthy mismanaged the end of the game, and it doesn't matter that they won. I mean, the truth is that's right. You know, you play blackjack, you might do it. You might get everything wrong. If you have a six, excuse me, if you have 16 and the dealer has six and you're playing blackjack and you take a card, you couldn't do that any more wrong. <laughs> and it doesn't make any difference if you, if you win the hand or not. You still did it wrong. Mike McCarthy mismanaged the end of that game, even though they won. Yeah, I, what I don't understand is, Gr- Greeny and Nuno, like, why he didn't just say so after the game. The, the, the explanation he provided was one of the most outrageous things I had ever heard. He's in an NFL stadium. The, the, the inference, the suggestion that there was only one working clock and it was then that went out and then was blocked by another human, it was so weird. Is that the cut I have up here, Nuno? Is, is this Mike McCarthy's explanation? Yes. Okay, let's hear it. The clock I was watching uh, went off the board. 
and then the, you know Claude Kellen had uh, I think he said a camera he, he, he got blocked by a camera guy so the communication was great from up top and you know and obviously you want to you want to call that timeout between three you know three and four seconds so. no no you don't want to call that timeout between three and four seconds you want to call that timeout with thirty seconds playing left. chess when everyone else is playing checkers classic I, McCarthy I mean you know I think he's playing backgammon I, I, I'm trying to think of another what's it what's it what's a game. He's playing go fish. Balderdash. What what go, is a game? But what is a game that requires no actual knowledge of anything? Like you just like war. War. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. A card game like war. Just turn it over. I got an eight. You got a six. Okay, yeah. you win. Turn it over. I got a nine. Game. You got a seven. You war. win. Okay, that's what game he's playing. All right. Let me see what other because because Nuno just has the funniest takes in here. Um, that the, the Bucks Falcons is not that funny. Oh, how about Cardinals Vikings? What was your takeaway from the Minnesota angle of I'll this? I'll go with the negative one. Mike Zimmer will be fired by week 11. See, I mean, they, they played that right yesterday. They should have won that game. They miss a makeable kick. But, yes, but the problem here, and the reason I actually agree with Nuno, is because this is a guy whose reputation is built on defense. That defense has been nowhere to be found now for 18 straight games. They, they got reasonably good quarterback play yesterday. They have obviously good weapons on that offense. But if Mike Zimmer's teams are going to allow 30 points a game, I, I don't know how many games they can possibly win. The defense has been a major problem in Minnesota. All right, I somehow got late here, so let's get to the calls. Uh, it is time for your hot takes. We will take them for the rest of the show. Your hot take on your team coming out of yesterday in the National Football League at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Your calls the rest of the way after this word from Select Quote. My family is protected. Is yours? September is Life Insurance Awareness Month, and if you have a family, now is the time to get life insurance. My life insurance provides me peace of mind. It'll do the same for you. And you don't want just anyone for this. You need a pro. You need Select Quote. Select Quote's been around 35 years. Over 2 million families have trusted them. What they do is Select Quote comparison shops the highly rated insurance companies, Prudential, Banner Life, Mutual of Omaha, to impartially find you the company with the best rates. Their technology quickly matches your individual needs with the right insurance company to find your best policy. And you'll be surprised how affordable a policy can be, and the quotes are free. There's no reason not to do this right now. Your family is your number one priority, so don't put this off another day. Get your free quote today by calling 800-881-6868. That's 800-881-6868. Or go to selectquote.com. That's selectquote.com. Your call's next on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. All right, this is Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, and it is a time in the show now for you to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back. So are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. And we will take your calls as we roll on here. I'm looking for your hottest possible take coming out of week two of the NFL season yesterday and heading into tonight with the Lions and Packers. Bubba, who's first up? Yeah, first up, let's go to Chance. All right, Chance, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Chance, give me a hot take. Greeny, love the show. Uh, I'm going to say Matt Rule and Sam Darnold will lead the Panthers to the playoffs, and I'll take it a step further and say they're going to win a playoff game this year. You know what? Here's the only complaint I have with you, Chance. I don't think that take is that hot. Mm. What do you, I mean, I, I think they look ridiculously good. Their defense is great. Darnold is exactly what I've told you he is forever, which is a talented quarterback. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is the most – he's the best running back in the league when you consider all the things he does. They're good. 
Yeah, they're just they're, they are just good, and the biggest step they've taken this year is improving that defense considerably. Two years ago, Rooney, you recall that every single one of their draft picks was a defensive player, and that looks like it's really starting to yield fruit um, in, in actual results. And obviously, Darnold gives them the opportunity to run plays that they just could not with Teddy Bridgewater, and that's making a big difference too. Yeah, and Darnold is a good player. He's a talented player. He's going to have his mistakes. Um, Dan Orlovsky used to call it magical sloppiness. But with the Jets, he had no <laughs> chance for anything but the sloppiness. Now he gets to show you a little bit of the magic. And I'm happy for him. Again, I told you I'd root for him every game but week one. So here they are. They're 2-1-0. They're a dangerous team. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Ace. All right, Ace, you're on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Give me a hot take. Morning, Greeny. Love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. While I love what their offense is doing, if the Chiefs can't get their defense to play better as a unit, and especially against the run, they'll be lucky to make it to the AFC Championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. Well, that that is a good hot take. So so they are their offense is obviously so good. <laughs> the quarterback is otherworldly. The weapons are ridiculous. They remade the offensive line. But their defense remains a significant question mark. Uh, there was some talk about just how tough they are. You know, if you can get bludgeoned, then that's a problem. And there are teams in the AFC that'll bludgeon them. And Baltimore did it last night. Cleveland will do it. Cleveland is more than happy with that offensive line of those two running backs to bludgeon you in the running game. So right there, those are two teams I can immediately... You know, New England is another one. Mm. That's three teams in the AFC that would be more than happy to just run the ball down your throat an entire game in the playoffs. And that could be a little trouble for Mahomes. And what makes them so susceptible there is because when you know when Mahomes is out on the field, they're going to score pretty much half the time. But yesterday... The Ravens ran 19 more plays than the Chiefs did, and thus, or you know, in part because they outrushed them by 189 yards. And you know, you hear that cliche all the time: you have to keep you know 15 off the field. Well, in this case, it definitely applied. The Chiefs were very efficient on offense, much more efficient than the Ravens. They just ran 19 fewer plays and thus lost the game. Yeah, and if you didn't see it, I mean, you look at the point total and you say, oh, they gave up a lot of. Well, the Chiefs scored a lot of points. Part of that was a pick six. Right. So, I mean, they didn't score. What would they wind up losing? 36-35? Was yeah. that the final last mm-hmm. night? So, they didn't score five touchdowns. They scored four touchdowns on the offensive side. Look, they're brilliant. No one, what's the Dan Patrick's old line? You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. Mahomes. <laughs> you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. But that's the way that you do it. It's a good call there, Ace. I like that take. Uh, Bubba, who's next? We got Ruben. All right, Ruben. Give me a hot take, my friend. Hey, good morning. Hope you feel better. Thank My you. hot take for today would essentially be that the Jets will finish with a better record than the New York Giants because the Giants are the new Browns. My goodness. I mean, is, is there is there a lower bar that you could <laughs> set right now? now? We live in New York here. I mean, could, could this, the NFL season have started any more depressingly than it has for the two New York? Let me ask you a question, uh, Nuno, a Giant fan. I know you're busy screening calls. Do you have a second or no? Yes, sir. What's up? If the Jets and Giants played each other in a seven-game series right now, what would the final tally be? <laughs> I would think the you Jets mean, might win. Scored or how many, uh, <laughs> yeah, like one. first one of seven each game. Uh, no, I think the Jets probably win four to three. I-, I was thinking about this. It's crazy that with the Jets and the Giants being bad, the Yankees being a disaster, the Mets, no one cares about them. That New York sports this winter, like. They actually have two really good teams, the Islanders and the Nets in the New York Metropolitan area. 
and no one cares about them. Like, that's how sad New York sports are right now. Here's the thing. I asked him a simple question, and he goes into an entire other explanation of entirely other factors. <laughs> Here's the answer to the question. If you're the Jets and the Giants, or if they play each other in the best of seven series, if you are not a hardcore fan of either team, the answer is, if they played that series in my backyard, I would close the drapes so I wouldn't accidentally see some of it. <laughs> That's how bad these teams look through two games of the season. But I'll say it's worse for the Giants hmm. because they have more expectations. The Giants are not at the very beginning of a rebuild. They're at the point in the rebuild where it's time to win. This is the culmination of their rebuild. Right? This right. is the rebuild. I agree. This is what they've been building towards. The Jets tanked last year. This is the very beginning with a rookie quarterback. Daniel Jones is in his third year. They went out and they got all these pieces for him. So I think it is much worse for the Giants than it is the Jets, even if the Giants are slightly better than the Jets. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Bubba, who's next? Next up is Kelby. Kelby, give me a hot take. Hey, thanks for taking my call this morning. Uh, I just want to say that uh, my hot take is going to be that the Raiders are going to go all the way into the Super Bowl, and they're going to beat the Tampa Bay Bucks and end Tom Brady's chance at a perfect season this year. That would see this is this that's the beauty of Kelby, because that is perfectly satisfying of the criteria. We're looking for hot takes. I like it. Would it be the ultimate irony for John John Gruden to beat the Bucks? The team, he left the Raiders, go to the Bucks, win the Super Bowl in his first year, ultimately gets fired, goes back to the Raiders, leads them to the Super Bowl, and plays the Bucks again. Do I believe any of that will happen? No, of course not. I don't believe the Raiders are going to the Super Bowl. And having watched the Buccaneers play defense the last two weeks, I'm a little less convinced that they're going to wind up 17 or no. But I enjoy the heat of the take, Kelby. It's well done. What is likelier? The Raiders reach the Super Bowl or the Buccaneers go undefeated. Both are exceedingly unlikely, but which is likelier? I think between those two, mm-hmm. I think I would say the Bucks. Really? Hmm. How, how, how long do the Raiders need to be this good for you to start sipping the Kool-Aid? A really long time. Like two months. Like, I need to see them win the AFC Championship game before <laughs> I will change my opinion. Oh, my gosh. All right, I'll ask you at the end uh, of hold January. On. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. You have that palatial estate that you have purchased on Lake Hopatcong, the largest lake in New Jersey. The largest one. Would you be willing to bet that, that the Raiders will make the playoffs this year? I would not. I would not because of the defense. I do believe that Derek Carr is underrated and elite or close to it. But I need to see more than two good games right. out of the defense. So we were talking there. about the Super Bowl. Yeah. And you're not willing to bet. Bubba, would you be willing to bet, and many may not know this, but Bubba, before his career in radio production, was actually an architect. So would you be able to bet some of those multi-million dollar luxury homes you have built and designed that the Raiders will make the playoffs? The answer is no. No. Uh, Yeah, of course not. So that's the point. So I enjoy the heat of the take, Kelby, but I do not think that's going to happen. Bubba, who is next on our calls here? Next up, we're going to go to Jack. All right, Jack, give me a hot take. Hey, this is my hot take, is that Cam Newton gets picked up the Miami, by the Miami Dolphins. They make the playoffs, and he wins Comeback Player of the Year. Well, that is a really good one. I love the heat of the take. Mm. The Tua thing, do we have any update on him? It's a ribs, right? And, and, and a ribs is a terrible pain tolerance injury. 
Um, but we've seen guys do it. I mean, I remember Tony Romo playing with that flak jacket and all that kind of stuff. It depends on your pain tolerance. They'll shoot that thing up and he'll play. Mm. Uh, it sounds just awful, but that's what football is. So I don't think two is done, but, but I'm waiting to hear if there's any further update on that. Cam, what do you think? We're seeing quarterback injuries. I mean, is there a place that we do it? Washington felt like the immediate obvious one because of the injury to Fitzpatrick and the connection to Rivera. Any place else? Uh, Washington's saying no, at least for now saying no, to me sort of indicated that the league has really soured on Cam Newton. Because if Ron Rivera, who took, you know, who Cam Newton took to a Super Bowl one year and a 15-1 season, is not willing to entertain the idea after Ryan Fitzpatrick gets injured and now starting Taylor Heineke, well, who in the world is going to give him the benefit of the doubt to come in and start from scratch? To me, that was a pretty loud indication that there is almost no market for Cam Newton. I think that's right. I, I don't believe Cam Newton is going to sign with Miami this year or anywhere this year. Bubba, who's next? We got Chris. All right, Chris, give me a hot take. So, second half of the Lions game with the new coaching staff last week was what they really are going to be. They're going to beat the Packers tonight en route to making the playoffs this year. How about that? So, I mean, that would obviously... I love the heat of the take. I love your love for your team. I think that is great. What is the number on tonight's game? In fact, let me give you a quick Monday Night Football preview, which is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. Find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. What is the number on the game? The number is Green Bay minus 11 and a half. 11 and, and, and a half. And as we speak, Greeny... 89% of public money is on the Green Bay Packers. So here's what I will say. The Packers laid the ultimate egg week one against New Orleans. Everyone assumes they're going to bounce back in a huge way. And they're home. The Lions played that really good second half, showed you some toughness, and Jared Goff, he got the blame for everything that happened in L.A. Jared Goff is also a quarterback who once upon a time started a Super Bowl. So I like the take that the Lions aren't nearly as bad as people say. So I will make the official KOD pick. Hashtag KOD. The kiss of death. I will take the Lions plus the 11 and a half. Now, I am not crazy. I don't think they're going to win the game tonight. But I believe they will cover that number. I think it will be closer than people are saying. If the Lions, say, lose a close game, as you're predicting, and Aaron Rodgers plays sort of so-so, sort of mediocre... How worried will we be? Will we allow ourselves to be tomorrow if we're talk, now talking about the reigning MVP? Two bad games in a row, or at least two not Aaron Rodgers games in a row, even if they are one and one. I think pretty worried because the big question there is always what impact will the offseason, mm. all the turbulence, all the drama, plus the one foot out the door nature of Rodgers' situation right now, what impact will all of that have? On the Packers. And at that point, maybe we'll be overreacting or maybe we'll be putting two and two together and getting five. But you would have to say it seems to be having an impact Mm. if that's the world we're living in tomorrow morning. I don't know that it'll be that. You can cover 11 and a half without the game being that close. Sure. Right? That game could be 27 to 10 and you get a garbage time touchdown at the very end. So let's see what they do tonight. I mean, I'm, I'm not ready to write off Aaron Rodgers yet. I'm not a lunatic. But... I think that the Lions cover the spread tonight, and I am a little more worried about Green Bay than most. Meanwhile, i got time for a couple more calls. Bubba, who's up? Let's go to Eric. Eric, give me a hot take. Yeah, 
Thanks for the call, Greeny. I'm gonna, my hot take is the Cowboys' defense will continue to prove because Micah Parsons is a beast. And by the end of the year, we will talk be talking about them as a number one or two seed. Mm. Thanks, guys. Well, that's a really good take, and it's strong. One or two seed? Is that impossible? No, because the NFC West could cannibalize itself. Every team out there is good. Um, we'll see what Brady and the Bucks are. They would seem to be a prohibitive favorite to be the one seed. But we'll see, and I will say on that defense, I think right now you'd have to say Micah Parsons is the leading candidate for defensive rookie of the year, right, based on what we've seen? Does he, he is, feel like the favorite? Absolutely. He has been outstanding, and in two games, been outstanding in both, and has played two different positions primarily, right? Like, there's no other rookie in the NFL that you could line up as an inside linebacker one week and an outside linebacker the next week and be elite in both. Um, I'm a Penn State fan. I watched him play all, you know, his entire career there. They were never asking him to do anything like this. He looked like a legit star as an edge rusher yes, uh, yesterday, almost by necessity. That's a really hard thing. You know, it'd be like you know sticking a rookie running back out wide and you know catching ten passes in a game. It's really, really extraordinary what he did yesterday against the Chargers. Yeah, absolutely. And and so uh, they're just better than I thought. I you know I love taking pleasure in sort of needling the Cowboy fans, particularly Bubba. But you have to be extremely optimistic about what we saw. And I want to say thank you to you guys for the calls here today to sort of help carry me through this. I got a little bit of issue with the voice here. I'm going to hang in there and drink a lot of tea, a lot of honey, all sorts of things today. Get myself ready for tomorrow. We'll be back and better than ever then. Who else we got? What do we got tonight? Nuno, who wins the game tonight? Packers. And do they cover the 11 and a half? Uh, they don't, so we can talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Bubba, what do you think? Who, 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 the Packers are going to win tonight, and do they cover the number? Yes. You think they cover the number? Yes. All right, so that's one vote the other side. Hembo. I like the Packers by a million. I think they by go, a million. By, I think they go crazy tonight. All right, we will see. Aaron Rodgers will shut everyone up if he gets the opportunity to do it. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for the phone call. See you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.